Who's there? It's me, 99. Let me in. I'm sorry, 99, but I can't let you in until you prove to me that it is really you. Come on, Max, it's really me. Sorry, 99, but you know the new Gundam protective code. I cannot open that door unless I am absolutely sure that it is really you. <laughs> oh, it's you. Come on in. <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome to episode 99 of Gundam at MHQ. This is Chris, and I'm joined by Sobro Ryu. Uh, Neo. Yes. All right, so we're, we're creeping along to episode 100, but we're not quite there yet. So we got business to deal with today, and uh, we're talking about a couple of interesting topics. We're going to uh, take a ride on Sobro's nostalgia train. For a look at uh, the old '80s anime movie Lensman. Ooh, nice. An old and '80s is appropriate adjectives. <laughs> notice I didn't. Notice I didn't say classic. <laughs> All aboard! I deliberately left that word out. That, that was not an oversight. And then after that uh, is a pre-recorded interview that Neo and I did with. Uh, a couple of kids you might have heard about online, they're building a Viper-themed cockpit simulator Ooh. for the Maker Fair contest. So it was quite interesting, and uh, more about that when we get to that segment. Made me feel so- real dumb. <laughs> yes. I have two college degrees working on a third, and these kids are younger than me, and I was like, oh my god, I'm a freaking idiot. <laughs> yes, I-, I felt completely intellectually inadequate compared to these kids. <laughs> now I know what I, I remember. Then I remember I'm an idea man, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, man. So. One, one announcement uh, on the day that we're recording this is uh, it's a very special day because not only is it April Fool's Day, but it is the 12th anniversary of MAHQ. Ooh, wow. Man, 12 years, dude. So, oh, man, coming into the terrible teenage years. 12, 12 years of my life wasted and for what? <laughs> well, yeah, congratulations really? on that. <laughs> How can you quantify those uh, 12 years, Chris? By uh... Uh, Tens of thousands of hours that I could have spent doing other things. <laughs> and what, the 42 cents you have in your ashtray of your car? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. All I've been left with is dirty shame and broken dreams. Oh. <laughs> well, here's for another 12 more. <laughs> yay, G- Gundam! Yay! Well, 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 many props to many props to you and Dale <laughs> for all that time wasted, <laughs> or, or rather, but, ma- many props to my obsessiveness that won't let me stop. Hey, man, t- it's time well spent as far as I'm concerned, man. You've you've built a community of all sorts of mecha fans, man, and um, it's like that's what brought us together. So, uh, and, and and a community of of enemies. Oh yeah, of internet enemies, Chris. Oh, yes, dude. <laughs> if, there, if there's one thing I can be proud of. It's the hate that I engender. <laughs> so I guess that's something to be proud of. There you yeah, go, man. Yeah. Accomplished. I have put my mark on this world. 
My my name shall echo throughout eternity. <laughs> you can retire fulfilled. <laughs> so anyway, with that announcement out of the way, I'm going to turn it over to Neo at our international news desk. <laughs> In the uh, Larry King News Center. The Larry King Memorial News Center. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have some... Uh, a few articles here, not too much going on. Um, first one here comes from uh, Destiny Gundam or Petabear North, mm-hmm. and uh, this is sad, dead guy news. And uh, this is coming from the Anime News Network and Norburo Isagura, and he's um, he's a director and he's also um, a producer of a lot of uh, of a lot of animes, including Megazone Twenty Three, uh, Super Dimension, Century Orgus. Uh, 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 do you remember love helped with uh, legend of galactic heroes uh, he, he just died recently he didn't but he help was a- with he directed it yeah yeah, yeah. and the original it. macross yeah and uh he was 73 so he had a pretty good life and uh thankfully for him uh we have such great things like uh legend of galactic heroes don't you agree uh Sulpra? one of your favorites right hey, man freaking i know it backwards and forwards yeah <laughs> <laughs> Those two minutes that you watched of it, you know them backwards and forwards. Sweet. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I've, I've watched, uh, I watched several of the, the the things that you had mentioned. Several YouTube videos, right? No, no we're not talk- I'm not talking about Legend of Galactic Heroes, but I've definitely seen Macross and some of the other projects he's worked on. And I would uh, hope you've seen Macross since I, we talked about it. I know, no, I just winged it. The uh, whole. <laughs> he, he also directed Space Battleship Yamato and the first Ooh. color Astro Boy anime. So wow, yeah. So this guy's uh, pretty good. He's got some he's got some street cred wow absolutely man i i, I mean he's 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 definitely uh influential to a lot of uh anime um directors and 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 producers since since he um was in the business or you know but since the material that he put out and and he's touched my life and I, i'm i'm sad to see him go i i, I you didn't even know who the hell he was before i said this, no so. I, I knew his name Stop I, I, I have come so on, I, I know his name and when the news broke uh, out because i knew about this news even before before you even brought it out and um we i i i was a little sad man. emotional you get full clumped if, if yeah, let's uh, let's give him a, a 21 gun pod salute because he's earned it yeah, he's and, and a, a, a double kirky ice toast <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes, uh, without you, Kirky Ice, where would I be? Oh, wait a second. If only Kirky Ice were here. Yeah, well, he's joining Kirky Ice in the great, in the great, um, the great galactic sky there. So there you go. That'll be great. But uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Destiny Gundam, for your submission there. Next one comes from Dolo, and uh, there's a uh, a new dot hack game coming out, and he's got a a link to a. Uh, trailer for it. it looks pretty good so all you doc hat fans out there hopefully this is a l- little bit better than uh the, i think it was rebirth i think was the last one i played didn't couldn't get into it too much but uh you know for all you fans out there and i'm sure there's going to be a flood of um uh peripheral merchandise that comes <laughs> with dot hat because it always does so um anybody that's big fans of that uh, definitely check that out and thank you mr dolo for your submission Next one here is uh, from Sweet D, and this is what we like to hear. This is Admiral News. Admiral News. Oh, shit. Yes. Outside of Survey News, this is the best news that we like to hear here. But um, got a little article here going to Yahoo News. Wow. Probably going to put them out of business. Wait. They're almost going out anyways. Um, they're doing a good job of that on their own. They don't need, <laughs> they don't need you. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, there's some good news and bad news for Battlestar Galactica fans. Uh, there's a trailer out for the new Blood and Chrome where we get to see the Admiral as a young Admiral, pre-Admiral, uh, killing toasters and nice. uh, doing it the way he does. But uh, the, the, what's going to happen, though, with this is, I guess, they've been kind of back and forth how this is going to work. It's either a web series one week, it's a TV show the next, it's a movie the next. But right now they're saying it's going to be a web series, so... Um, there's also a link of um, one of the trailers, but I think it's been taken down since. But I, I know that there's been other ones that have popped up. It, I mean, if that's what it looks like, uh, it's pretty impressive. So outside of the bad um, Immigrant Song remake. Um, <laughs> the, the same one that was used in uh, the Girl with the Dragon Cat Tattoo trailer with the same like flashy big font words. Yeah, done in the exact same like, style. Re- <laughs> real, real original there, guys. Real original. <laughs> Good job, good job. But uh, thank you, Sweet D. And, of course, we will always give you updates, hourly updates of Admiral News whenever we get them. Hourly. (laughs) Hourly. (laughs) Hourly news. Uh, Last one here comes uh, from Gundam Type Zero. And uh, th- this, is, this is exciting. I'm, I'm glad that this happened. The recent maintenance work on the Gundam Monument has been completed. Oh. Yeah, the one that's at the, uh, the train station. And if you go to the link here that Gundam Type Zero has, it's got a, it's got a very funny picture of you know, the Gundam, the ARC-78-2 reaching up to the sky. And then Tamino with a umbrella <laughs> trying to keep it from getting wet. So... Um, that's oh, still crazy, and what the hell is he wearing? Um, <laughs> that's the next thing, but uh, that's good news that the maintenance is complete because we were all waiting to see when that was going to be completed because, uh, you know, we need to know these things. But thank you, Mr. Gunna Type Zero, for your submission. And uh, that's it on the news. And anybody else, uh, you know, if you have any articles out there, definitely uh, submit them. And the Neos listener submitted a news article thread in the Gunna gundam section of the mecha talk forum and um chris uh before i end my 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 thing here at the the beginning uh can i borrow the straight talk express i i know that election year is a busy year with you for um for guanche rentals and uh but can i can i borrow it really quickly sure by all by by all means okay this will be quick all right amvs we all know about them right and we know that some are good and some are bad Mm -hmm. and you know our, our thoughts about them, some shouldn't be made or whatever. But I was going through YouTube about a week or so ago, just messing around, doing some crazy searches. There's one anime and one album that does not need to be, not have anime nu- music videos made to. Oh. That is Interstellar 5555 or Daft Punk's Discovery. Ooh. They go together. That's the ultimate music video. I don't want to see a song done to some crappy Naruto video, and I don't want to see um, parts of Interstellar done to like a Kanye West song. Don't do it. If there's one thing in the world that needs to be stopped, it's that. So <laughs> I don't care how many Linkin Park uh, Evangelion videos you do. That's fine. Whatever. I won't watch it, but I will not stand for this. And when I come to power, all those that have done this on YouTube, they will be taken away. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you, man. Why, 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 why create a redundancy? Seriously, well, why, why, why you can't make any, you can't do anything better than that. So mm-hmm. stop it. So, Chris, I give it back to you. All right. Well, uh, so so glad that uh, you've taken this strong position on this, and um, <laughs> I guess uh, that's 
that's it for this segment, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam and MAHQ. Check it out, Gundam Nation. One of our longtime listeners, Eric Keith, has a new project on the horizon that he needs your help on. On the call-in show, I at the end, I plugged a webcomic I'm going to be working on, or I actually am working on now, where I'm the writer, and a gentleman named uh, Michael is going to be the, the artist. Well, in this webcomic, it is going to be based on the Dreamcast Gundam game called 0079 Side Story rise from the ashes. If you've never heard of it before, it was a really awesome first-person Gundam simulator where you played a, a member of the MS Team White Dingoes in Australia near where the uh, initial colony that Xeon dropped had landed and where Xeon, of course, have took, taken over. And you lead a small ragtag team of, of MS pilots and you fight against Dom, Zaku's, a ghost shows up, and uh, at the end you fight some ridiculously overpowered Xeon tank called the Rhino, which was designed before the thing from Igloo, MS Igloo. The comic's gonna be based on that game, and what I'm gonna be doing is getting a group of people together that are fans of what the comic is about, and stick them in the background, and have them be, you know, not main characters, like, you may not even have a speaking part, but what I wanna do is I wanna take you guys from the Facebook group, and from Mecha Talk, and if you're interested, I'll have my email address uh, down below. Send me a, a headshot of yourself, and when we start working on the comic and releasing it in about a year, and you just might actually see yourself in the background. You heard right. If you'd like to be a character in the background of this new manga project, definitely head on over to youtube.com slash channel 609. That's literally channel S-I-X-O-N-I-N-E and view the entire Rise from the Ashes video where Eric explains the whole concept. If you want to reach him by email, send him a message to erictkeith at gmail.com. And if you'd like to see the artwork of the um, artist involved, Mike Fontecchio, visit his DeviantArt account at mr Hayami H-A-Y-A-M-I, dot deviantart.com. We wish Eric and Mike the best of luck with this project, and we can't wait to see how it turns out. Thank you guys, and I'll talk to you guys later on. Bye. What did the anime addicts say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? Who doesn't want to spin around glow and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. 12-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my wait, Charmander. Wait. Anonymous. I'm eating a sandwich <laughs> calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. Gundam these glasses, son. Yes, sir. I Gundam thee. Starship. Land. 
Welcome back to the Nostalgia Train. We're pulling into the Gundam at MAHQ Station. And uh, before we take off, uh, the um, the movie that we're reviewing this segment here on Gundam at MAHQ is uh, not, uh, none other than Lensman, uh, which is be- based on a series of uh, novels that came out in uh, starting in the 1930s. And uh, they uh, were written by uh, Edward Elmer Doc Smith, uh, who... Uh, append those novels and then later on in the 80s uh, an anime was based around this uh, novel series um, first a TV series in Japan and then uh, eventually a compilation movie came out um, and was brought to the states by uh, Streamline Streamline Pictures and dubbed and that's what we're reviewing today uh, basically it's a, a story about a young man named Kimball Kinnison or better known as Kim Kinnison that's right a dude named Kim Shout Is this the, the nephew of Sam Kinison? Yes, indeed, man. The long, long, long time descendant of Sam Kinison. <laughs> uh, comes from a long line of, uh, of, of jerky comedians. But no, uh, Kim, Kimbo, uh, Kinison, uh, he is a, uh, a, a young man living on, a, I guess, a farming planet with his father and, uh, their R2D2 type droid. And, mm, sounds familiar. <laughs> and all of a sudden, um, he he loves to cruise in space in this little uh, s- uh, small space cruiser, and uh, he's he's meeting up with a friend of theirs at the beginning of the movie, uh, who's coming to visit them in some junky old space cruiser named Van Buskirk. And when he's up there in space with Van, right outside, right right on in, in the orbit of the planet, um, this galactic space cruiser comes out of nowhere and is in, is go- about to impact uh, the planet and the farm where his dad is uh, currently uh, harvesting grain. And so uh, Kimball takes that initiative and he uh, jumps into his cruiser uh, and he takes off to go towards the space cruiser and he hitches it to the um, to the giant spaceship to go inside of it and to stop it from crash landing into his father's farm. When it lands, uh, he manages to to find a surviving uh, pilot of the actual galactic space cruiser and, and brings him outside. And when he does. Uh, the guy's barely alive and uh, tells him that he needs to uh, carry the message that he has to the galactic fleet because of an oncoming invasion that's about to happen. Um, and he has a lens on his hand, uh, which is a, a very powerful tool that this, uh, that this pilot uses. And it transfers from the dying pilot to Kimball and he bestowing him with the powers. Now, I don't know if you guys um, feel that might be familiar in some way, shape or form. <laughs> Mm, intergalactic space patrol <laughs> dying guy gives a magical doodad thing to some punk mm, never, never, never heard of that either some unexpected hero <laughs> I, that, that's a new type of story isn't it it's brand spanking <laughs> like a baby's ass <laughs> but um all sorts of uh, chaos ensues as uh, the alien invading fleet that's pursuing the uh, galactic cruiser comes to the planet in order to destroy the planet and all evidence of the space cruiser and the lensman that was uh boarded upon it um the uh buskirk and kimball they leave in uh the the space the galactic space cruiser that they managed to uh crash land onto the planet while um Kimball's father takes off into the junky old takes off with the junky old ship in order to serve as a distraction and dies in the process while his son and uh, Van Buskirk are able to get away and then they they pretty much go on an adventure where they meet up with uh, a a sexy nurse that looks a lot like Princess Leia named Chris <laughs> with the one sided bun with the one sided bun you know she couldn't bite off the two sides <laughs> she had to she had to have the one cock to decide 
And then um, they meet a, a space pterodactyl man, Lesmit Lensman, and um, a a uh, a funky old uh, old bald Mohawk guy um, on a on a on a, on a oppressed planet where uh, where the alien invaders already uh, have a, a enemy mine and uh, help to free the people there too. But uh, it, it's a it's a pretty rousing adventure, and uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Chris to give some of his thoughts on Lensman. Hey hey guys. Mm. Mm-hmm. Computer animation is awesome. Oh man! <laughs> Especially early '80s. It's classic. That's like we don't get renderings like that anymore. You know what? You know what would be innovative, Chris, if they made a movie now that used that computer animation. That would be innovative, and it'd probably win the Academy Award. Oh my god because <laughs> you have to remember innovation is repeating what's been done in the past right yes oh man so so yeah you know early 80s computer animation so awesome guys <laughs> so uh like some other stuff that we've discussed on soul Bros nostalgia train mm-hmm. uh i watched this on sci-fi in the late 90s during their dead anime block mm-hmm. and i haven't watched it since then which also sounds familiar <laughs> This is my first time revisiting it, and uh, it does not age that well. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, um, I know it's based on a series of books from the 30s, but supposedly the anime takes quite a lot of departures from that story. And I have to say, even for the early 80s, the storyline is pretty uh, cookie cutter and by the numbers. Yeah. You know, there really is nothing original here. The characters are all just cardboard cutouts and there's really nothing special about them at all sorry to say (laughs) and as far as the plot goes it's you can definitely tell that they took influence from star wars Mm -hmm. in the visuals in the general layout the whole thing of like um from what i've understand about the books this character kimball kinnison in the books he's already a cadet in the galactic space patrol oh then in the movie he's just you know the the farm boy who won, who has big dreams of going to space. Gee, where have I heard that before? <laughs> mm. I don't know. What are you talking about? I mean, this is a completely original concept, dude. <laughs> yes. And uh, I got to say, uh, there's some weirdness about... I want to talk about the dub later, but just about the movie. There's some weirdness here. Okay. Go for it. Um, the Bosconi are... They just have... Or Boscone, however the hell they're said. Mm-hmm. Have to be some of the dumbest villains ever. Yeah. Because <laughs> the guy in charge, this guy Helmuth... He kills more of his own men than Kimball does. Yeah. Yeah, the first, also, guy, the first guy doesn't last at all. Like, it's just like, oh, you failed, and then it's just, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, he can incinerate and, and disintegrate his own men remotely in, like, mm-hmm. two seconds. But it takes him so long to try and fail to kill Kim, mm-hmm. <laughs> he um he, he shoots him like like a million times throughout the final conflict, <laughs> and, and he and he does this thing of like illusions, you know, making him go through this totally not Tron world, <laughs> or then having him chase throughout some barren landscape by a floating science experiment, yeah, <laughs> and then just constantly zapping him and failing to hit him, even though he's doing total laser spam. Absolutely, uh, even when he's like pouring on his strongest dose of it. Kimball is still holding up. <laughs> also, Maybe. when it when it comes to these bad guys, that little like flying pink umbrella guy. Oh, jeez is is he an actual minion or like a pet? Or I could I could not tell what that guy what that thing was. 
Because <laughs> it seems at the end, like, he's finally put in charge after everyone else is dead. But he doesn't talk. He just makes, like, weird noises. noises like, is, yeah. is, is, is he just, is he a pet or is he uh, just some weird guy who keeps flying around? Because everyone keeps trying to kill him. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's just flying around and like, blah, 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 like, weird noise. I, I wish I, don't I could know, tell you. Because, yeah, it, it was, it's really weird in that whole thing when he sees Kim driving down the sp- on the speeder bike. And it's like they have to reshow this. He's looking at him the whole time. It's just like some weird stuff with that little guy. And and you're right. At the end, it does. And at the end, it does seem like they're like, well, Helmuth has killed everybody. So I guess in the end, there was no one left to command. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he's like the equivalent of a Bosconi dog. I don't know. Yeah, because he's he's a lot smaller than he kind of looks like them, but not quite. And he's just bizarre. I don't know. Okay, so also, um, when, when they all end up on this planet where a lot of the story takes place, and Buskirk is there, he's, he's eating inside this weird disco that the entire, it's like, it's like the worst space disco I've ever seen, where it's just a <laughs> bunch of people on a bunch of platforms that just go up and down. Yeah. And then this, like, kind of elephant-looking guy says him, like, hey, everybody dances here all the time, no exceptions. <laughs> And then he proceeds to get his ass kicked. Yeah, what the <laughs> hell is that? What, what kind of weird club is this? It's Club Tatooine. <laughs> Dude, if, if, if they had like uh, like that blue that blue elephant from Jabba's Palace mm-hmm. or the uh, yeah. the vagina face band from Mos Eisley, it nice. would have been perfect. It would have been. It would have been. It it it, it would have made sense. <laughs> Yeah, there comes a point where you just, if you're going to rip them off, just do it all the way, you know? Just, just go all in. Yeah. <laughs> they should have just had the, the music. <laughs> Come on, just go just go all the way. Yeah, I don't. Oh. So, um, yeah, the storyline is pretty pedestrian. There's nothing fancy about it. The animation's pretty good, you know, it being early 80s and all. The computer animation's kind of laughable for the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And for now, plus the fact that they inconsistently use CG, like in the opening, this ship, the Britannia, mm-hmm. is done in CG, but then the rest of the time you see it, it's regular animation. Yeah. And the Bosconi ships, like the weird purple blobs that they are, they're done in CG sometimes, and then they're just regular animation other times. Yeah, I didn't get that either. Now, as far as the dub goes, mm-hmm. this dub is, uh, is not that great. No. <laughs> it's an old streamlined dub and it shows. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> it has very obvious uh Masekisms mm-hmm. since it was done by Carl Masek, of course. Right. And n- they're very noticeable. Like for example, people speaking quickly, trying to cram things in that you know wasn't there originally. That old yeah. anime, that old that anime old stable. Robotech style, oh, that yeah. old that basic style of can't have too many scenes of quietness. So let's cram in some dialogue, and you can tell the characters are not speaking, but somehow. <laughs> like any chance, Robotech narrator. Any chance where they're off screen, they give us things to say. <laughs> yes, it, when someone's off screen, yeah. they always have something to say because God forbid there be five seconds of silence in this movie. Oh no! <laughs> we Number can't two. Have that. The dialogue is pretty simplistic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the dialogue was like in the original Japanese version, but it just has all of the hallmarks of bad American sci-fi movie writing. Ooh. Yeah. And as far as the dub cast goes, you'll hear a few people from Robotech and some other familiar faces. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Kimball's dad 
and the Admiral are both played by that guy who played every old guy in an anime in the 90s. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. I don't know his real name because he's one of these guys who, amongst many anime dubbers, use three or four different pseudonyms because of the non-union work. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what his actual name is, but you hear that guy's voice once and you know exactly who he is. He's just every old guy in the 90s in anime. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, come on, you couldn't get two different old guys to play these two characters? <laughs> you just had the exact same guy doing the exact same voice because he always does. He only, he only has that one voice that he does. Yeah, just that one. <laughs> just the one. No range whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't forget about Wolfman Jack or the dude trying to sound like him in this one. <laughs> so I, the, the, the dub is pretty lulzy. It's, it's from 1990 and it shows. Mm-hmm. In in the bad ways, and um, that's my comments for now. All right. Well, Neo, any uh, any comments um, from your from your experience of watching Lesman? Uh, my experience, huh? Um, yeah, I have to second on the dub, especially with the fact that with some of them, it sounds like you know they definitely phoned it in literally. Um, because <laughs> yeah, some of them sound like they're they're in tin cans. Yeah, and talking to people that aren't in tin cans. Um, yeah, just like Chris, I hadn't seen it since seeing it on, uh, sci-fi and I had only seen it in its entirety once on sci-fi, um, and never was too enraptured with it. Thought it was okay, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely something that on the viewing many years later, uh, doesn't hold up well. And yes, it is kind of simplistic. Um, so simplistic to the fact that it's it's very predictable and it, it almost... I had to watch it in two different sittings because <laughs> I, I just couldn't watch it all the way through. Because it, it just gets to a point where you're like, man, there's so many other things I could be doing now instead of just watching a show that I know what's going to happen. Even the, even though I yeah I've already seen it, but I you know I I don't remember too I don't remember too much of it. But it is just so predictable. Um, yeah, the animation's good, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a classic. Um, you know, it's definitely something you might want to check out, but I'm not going to sit here and say that it's going to change your world. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a good it's a good um, you know it's a good thing to see, kind of in a in a in a funny nostalgia way of how things were done. And uh, I, I think it would be a lesson to a lot of people that um, you think the anime industry is bad now. You should have seen it back then. So <laughs> you actually got it for a lot better than, <laughs> than what it is. But yeah, the, uh, the, the basicism of uh, cramming all that stuff in there, you, you do kind of wonder what the Japanese is, what, what the version was, because there, there is a lot of talking and almost to the point where a lot being said, but really not amounting to much. <laughs> so, and what the hell was up with Kim's uh, flesh colored pants? Because <laughs> that was something that came out to me the first time when I saw it, too. It's like. You keep looking around like, why is this kid naked? No, his pants are flesh-colored. <laughs> why? He's a pervert. He's yeah, a space it's pervert. Space pervert. And then, of course, Buzz Kirk, the, uh, the brother of the Ox King from Dragon Ball Z. Sweet. So, <laughs> uh, n- Not the best on the nostalgia train, but, you know, not garbage either. Not, you know, still, still pretty serviceable, but it's not going to change your life. So how, how, many, how many toots on the nostalgia train do you give it? Oh, man. Uh, probably two and a half. 
I mean, it's not awful, but it's below average. Um, I'll give it a two and a half toots as well of the nostalgia train. Yeah. I, I mean, you watch it once. That's all you need to see it. Well, well. All right. Um, but now, now for the uh, the preservationist himself. The, 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 the conductor of the train. <laughs> the conductor. owner. Of the nostalgia train, Soul Bro. Well, I know when I saw it years ago, um, it was uh, I, I, I have I, I, I've had a fun music, time. You need that music where it goes back in, you know, the back in time music. <laughs> <laughs> Things were better. Cue the cue cue the uh, cue, cue the flashback. Uh, <laughs> uh, flashback. Flashback. Uh, the flashback theme. The, the, the fuzzy. The, the the screen goes fuzzy, and then it's a young soul bro with a mustache. Because we'll do it. Um, we'll do it. Battlestar Galactica style <laughs> to do the past. So we have twelve year old soul bro with a mustache. Watching Lensman for the first time, yeah. completely, completely enamored. Uh, the the younger me would have probably given it four stars. Um, the older me, when I sat down and watched this again, uh, it, it, it I just couldn't help but just just sit there and pick out all the things I've seen elsewhere. The and flow. Oh my god. <laughs> And, and although knowing that I'm sure the books introduced some concepts that were actually carried on into movies Dude, and, it's not about and whatnot, the space I know, I know, I, I know. I mean, it's, it's coming full circle. So I, I, I honestly don't know enough about the books to know what's original in this or not. But when I see him pass the lens, when the, with the dying lensman pass the lens on to, uh, to, to, uh, to Kim, I was like, man, this is Green Lantern, and uh, and him being a farm. No, boy, it's not at all. <laughs> it's not. It's not Green Lantern. This is not Star Wars. <laughs> And all the chases and all the, uh, all, all pretty much everything's stock in this movie. And if if you want to watch a, an old anime movie that you know is hand drawn for the most part and and looks gorgeous in a lot of places, uh, except for that 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 garish uh, CG uh, animation that's in the movie, then uh, I'd say give Lensman a shot. Uh, I I I still had fun watching it even even today, but it's not nearly as much fun as I've had watching better stuff. And like we just reviewed the Robot Carnival last episode, and I had far more fun watching that than I did watching Lensman again. And they aired during the same block during uh, when Sci-Fi used to run these uh, anime movies. So uh, it was just, it, it still was cool to see it again. But the dubbing wasn't all that great. Uh, it's good to hear. It, it was cool to hear all the old, old school voices that I, I've I've heard throughout the years, whether it be on Robotech or other anime productions since. A lot of these voice actors that are in this over 20-year-old movie are still voice acting today. So um, it's cool to see the evolution of how they approach their craft um, nowadays as opposed to how they um, were directed back then by Carl Masick. Uh, pretty much, I, I, I can't say much about this, except if you if you do check it out, you'll probably only watch it once. And um, I, I it's not an anime uh, toilet by any means, but at the same time, it's not a, a stellar movie. So I'd probably give it about two and a half stars myself. Oh, you mean two and a half toots? Oh, two and a half toots, toots. of yes. the uh, of the uh, nostalgia train. Yes, there you go. But uh, any last thoughts about Lensman, gang? Um, your lens is strong. Yes, indeed. The the lens is strong with this one. Don't don't, <laughs> don't speak with your mouth. Speak through the lens. <laughs> well, if there's uh, if nothing right, else, my final thoughts uh, mm-hmm. in, in brightest day, blackest. Oh wait, wrong wrong, wrong franchise. Wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. What are, you, what are you reading? An omnibus or something? <laughs> wrong intellectual property. <laughs> I would say watch it and forget it. That's yeah. that's my advice. All right. Well, um, that is it. The, the The nostalgia train is pulling back into the station, 
And um, that is it for this review of Lensman. We'll be back with more Gundam at MAHQ in just a moment. Do no such goddamn thing. I thought they smelled bad on the outside, on the subject of Cowboy Bebop. So, but anyway, going back to uh, the good parts that I missed. All right, uh, phase boobs. Phase boobs. <laughs> we I have to say, that yet, was but... not a good part for me. That's something I didn't really pay attention to. I enjoyed the boobs. Thirteen-year-old, thirteen-year-old uh, adolescent David would like to have an argument with you, ma'am. <laughs> I can see how you would have enjoyed that. Hey, it's just, are you more of a leg person? Is that why you weren't looking at her boobs? Because her <laughs> legs are nice too. <laughs> no, it's just that you see, I have my own set. I really don't need to worry about hers. That's the best argument I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I think uh... that conversation. There's no I'm way for me to Congratulations, you won the show. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Please check our website at sbopodcast.blogspot.com. I can't believe Game and Morph gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? Please fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news, big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop in Second Opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It's so goddamn hot! Milk was a bad choice! everyone uh welcome back uh, we got a great little segment here uh, a couple days ago i was reading cnet and i saw an article about some guys out in northern california doing a uh, a simulator for an engineering project and for a contest that they're doing and i just kind of i looked at their website and i went and uh, kind of reached out to them just wanted to kind of touch base with these guys see what they're doing 
what made it very interesting is they're basing their simulator on one of the Vipers from the Battlestar Galactica television series. So uh, right now um, I'm, on, I'm on the line with uh, Sam and Alex, uh, some of the guys that are working on here, and uh, Chris is also joining us. Um, how you doing, guys? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Working hard, I take it, then. Uh, yeah, I actually uh, just finished up welding some of the motor mounts. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we, we finished up putting the monitors in the, in the plane. Okay. Um, so can you just give us a quick little uh, background of, uh, I, I, know the, um, I know the contest is called Market Fair, or Maker Fair. Can you just uh, maybe tell us a little bit about what it is and what you guys are trying to achieve by uh, doing this? All right. Um, yeah. So the the Maker Fair is this annual event. Uh, it's it's this DIY festival, do it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they've got it's crazy stuff. Um, you know, they, there's a lot of uh, Burning Man projects uh, that exhibit the year before that people bring to the fair, and okay. really, it's just a celebration of making. It's you know, and anything is fair game if you've made it. Um, so this is like craft and you know lighting design and sound it's just it's if you can make it yourself it's mm -hmm. it's up there <laughs> what's the uh, is there i take it is there a cash prize or anything or is 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 there different levels of things that are ma being made by people or well it's really a, it's really like a exhibition or a fair like just just to like show what you made and for okay. everyone uh, so really there isn't really a prize or a anything to win but it's just to show everybody and um they do have editor's choice so the editors of the uh, maker make magazine come around and choose their top um like basically uh like maker presentations or uh exhibitions and um in the past we've gotten we've gotten one or two of those and we're hoping to go for another one this year okay um what and so i guess you've you've done this in the past what were some things that you did uh, in the past maker fairs so, uh last year we uh, we made uh, what I what I have to call a uh, fire candelabra, uh, controlled by a guitar hero controller. So <laughs> as you play guitar hero, each button you press would shoot out a six like a six or eight foot jet of fire at the top of it. And okay. uh, the year before that, we made a, a eight foot tall fire breathing animatronic fire breathing dragon. <laughs> and how did the, uh, how was the response for those? Um, we generated quite a large crowd. We every every show. We, we call them shows every like 15 minutes have like a little demonstration and right. we, we got a, a couple hundred people to stand and watch and we even let some people try it out okay so and with this year you're doing an actual three uh from what i read in the article it's a 360 um uh simulator actual flight simulator of the battlestar galactica viper from i guess from the the the, the recent show uh, the recent show that the newest show of battlestar galactica correct Yep. What, uh, why did you decide on something like this? Because it seems like the last two had more with um, fire and stuff like this. Uh, any any reason for the inspiration behind doing something like this? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, a couple years ago, uh, we went to Washington, D.C., uh, Air and Space Museum, mm -hmm. and they had uh, some simulator rides there. Um, and then, you know, we had always been used to the, the kind of mediocre ones that you at you know boardwalks and amusement right. parks, um, that they don't go all the way over. You know, they're just kind of this simple hydraulic platform, kind of right. awkwardly tilted 
forth. So this one at the Smithsonian, um, it could flip all the way over on the roll axis. You'd climb into the little capsule and you'd strap yourself in, and as you fly the jet around, you're just rolling around continuously, 360 degrees. And uh, it was it was a really awesome experience. And we came out of it, and we were like, wow, it, it'd be so. Um, except the the ones that the that the museum. In terms of the pitch axis, they were still limited on a hydraulic platform. So we oh, how cool would it be to make it better than the Smithsonian and uh, go 360 degrees along both axes? Wow. So that idea kind of floated in our mind for, you know, three three years or so until uh, this past September we kind of decided to, to just go for it. Any, um, any challenges that you guys had experienced that maybe you didn't think um, you were going to have to encounter because – I'm sure it's one of those situations where it seems like, in theory, it, it would seems a lot easier than probably in actual practice. Um, yeah, I mean, for for anyone out there who's who has any experience with you know making things yourself, even the simplest little projects take about a hundred times longer than you'd expect. So you know, we had been doing this for a couple of years, and we we had kind of known that, and we considered this to be ambitious before we started. So we knew that um, it was just going to be completely overwhelming in terms of challenges and design problems. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, we've been working on it since September, and we, we still have a ton to do. I know by looking on your website that I believe the Maker Faire is a couple weeks away. So are you guys on target to get your completion date? or We're... we're we're, uh, we basically set out three goals, um, and we're trying to hit one of the three. And we call them, like, business class, uh, sorry, coach class, business class, and first class. And each <laughs> have uh, varying degrees of, basically, uh, like, features. So coach class has the basic, what we want at Maker Faire to work. If this works, that's great. Um, if that's all it is, that's fine. Um, and then business class and first class are, like, keep adding things in. So, for example, in coach class, um, the basics is just to have the the entire thing rotate 360 degrees in both directions, um, have something on the on the screens in the cockpit, and have the controllers work basically. And then business class is a little more upgraded, I'd say, where we get the the, the joysticks and the throttle working with the with, working with the motors to rotate and sounds and lights and everything working together. And then first class is everything is clean, polished, the physics seem right, all the Everything together is working perfectly. So, okay. our target for coach class right now, we're hoping to get to at least business. Okay. That's Hey, guys. Um, so, I saw that you are building this cockpit out of um, the fuselage of a light airplane. How did you guys find that? Is there just an airplane junkyard slash graveyard out there in California that you visited? Yeah. In, um, we live uh, just south of San Francisco and uh, – sorry, just north of San Francisco and um, – in Sacramento, uh, even farther, about two and a half hours away from us, uh, there's a basically an airplane graveyard where this guy just has cut up fuselages, like uh, uh, pretty much every single part of a air, small aircraft you could find, he has one of them at least. So mm-hmm. um, I took a walk around the took a walk around there with my dad, and we we picked out one that we thought was suitable. Came back, um, we showed the group some pictures, and then we went up there with a the pickup truck. He loaded it in, and we drove away with it. <laughs> So how much time and effort do you think you guys saved uh, by using a pre-existing frame rather than having to build it on your, on your own? Uh, months, definitely. Um, yeah, before that, we were planning on 
kind of building the whole fuselage out of just, you know, three-quarter inch square tubing, um, which just would have been a nightmare in terms of cutting and welding. And, yeah, so that saved us a ton of time and a ton of money because the fuselage was only about $100, and it was also super light because it's made out of aluminum, um, which is also to our advantage because that means we can use smaller motors and, yeah, just it had a ton of a ton of benefits. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about the actual simulator aspect, the game that's going to be on the monitors. Um, so it's a uh, it's called it's an open source flight simulator program called uh, Flight Gear. Um, it's not very it's not very uh, widely known, but uh, millions of people have seemed to use it. Actually, it's uh, open source, so you can do whatever you want to it, and um, we can pull data directly out of it that we feed to the motors to rotate them. So that was, that was one thing we really liked about it. And it's very customizable and user-friendly, so you can uh, pretty much do anything wrong with it. And there's lots of uh, plugins and customizations that other people have made that we are taking advantage of. So are you guys going to customize it so that it's in a, a space setting in keeping with the theme of the Viper? Um, that's, um, that's like a first-class target. We're going to do that if we can get everything else working. How, how much uh, have you really tested anything yet, or is it just are you still kind of in the in the production stage? Um, well, last weekend we hooked up uh, the motor to control the the pitch rotation, and uh, that was a big milestone because we actually were able to turn the plane all the way over. Oh wow! Um, so that was great. And yeah, like I said, like ten minutes ago, I finished welding up uh, the brackets that will hold the roll motor. Um, so hopefully by the end of today, we'll have the roll motor in, and uh, we can potentially test that today. But other than that, um, no, I mean, it, it, it's very, very far from, from done. <laughs> what, um, what's powering it? Uh, I, I know, I'm sure there's a bunch of electrical motors, but is it uh, just batteries, or how are you guys actually powering it, through electrical? or? Um, yeah, we, uh, we're trying to stick with 110. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it does it does provide a pretty big challenge because obviously, if something is rotating continuously, it's hard to get power inside of that rotating thing. Um, so we had to use these these components called slip ring contacts, which basically allow you to get data and power signals into something that's spinning. Um, okay. So we've got two of those, and yeah, so we can get uh, one ten power, um, yeah, into the fuselage. Now, is that going to make it more challenging? I, I know that you're still on, like, what you said, the coach class, but is it going to make it more challenging if you get to the point where you're powering uh, monitors and stuff? Is that going to inhibit the performance of the actual rotation and, and the movement of it, having that type of um, things going, or do you have that all, like, on separate um, separate power sources? Well, uh, right now we actually have um – we haven't hooked up the flip rings, but we have everything plugged in separately. Mm. Um, we're, uh, for coach class, we're aiming to have the monitors hooked up, the computers hooked up, a bunch of switches that you can interact with, and uh, all the motors working so that you can, in fact, and we'll have those on two separate circuits. And um, that should be under about 20 amps in the cabin. Okay. And uh, so hopefully that, the flip rings will be able to accommodate that. So when you do the demonstrations, are I, I know there's quite a few of you guys working on this. Are you guys just going to take uh, take turns doing the demonstrations, or is there just one person that's going to be the guinea pig throughout uh, when you're at the market fair? Um, hopefully, if all the legality issues work out, mm. um, we can actually have you know participants or uh, people at the fair you know sign a waiver or something and and you know take a little spin for five minutes or so. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, since you guys have been working on this project for a very long time, were there at any points any significant setbacks where you all considered whether you should even continue with the project? Um, yeah. Uh, actually, not too long ago, about, I'd say, two or three weeks ago, we had um, a, big, a big failure on the software side. Um, we're having this big issue where communicating with the computers to the, to the microcontrollers that, that run the motors. We're having a big issue making sure those two talk properly and get data from the from the flight gear game to the actual controllers to rotate the motors, and that's a, a big issue that if we don't solve, none of this is going to work. So we think we have it, we have it um, almost going, but uh, it's not it's not all the way there. Yet. And you guys have gotten some online coverage. Have you reached out to Universal or Sci-Fi for any sort of like? Um, assistance or promotion or anything like that? Uh, actually, at, at first we had thought about that. We were a little bit worried because, you know, we, we assumed that we weren't violating any copyright, you know, restrictions or anything, but we didn't want to take any chances and be like, hey, Sci-Fi, we're building this Viper, and, you know, we didn't want them to shut us down because we were using the same name and that kind of thing. So we actually held off for a long time. Um, and then just, just a couple of weeks ago we put up a Kickstarter page and within the first day, uh, we got an email from, you know, the social media guy at Sci-Fi saying, hey, you know, we love your project. We think it's awesome. You know, I sent it around to the company today, and everyone loved it. Um, and, you know, they, they posted it on the, the official Battlestar Galactica Facebook page and that kind of stuff. So we got a lot of attention from, from those guys, uh, which, which was really great because we were kind of worried about that at the beginning. Um, yeah, <laughs> Uh, I, I can imagine. I can understand why you guys wanted to uh, fly under the radar, so to speak. Yeah, yeah but uh, luckily, no one, no one's trying to shut us down so far. So, yeah. So I'm curious, you know, since you guys are high schoolers, middle schoolers, all this work that you're putting into um, this project and whatever skills you had to pick up to to make it work, is this uh, going to influence what you guys want to do in college or do as a profession? Um. Well. Most of these things that we've been doing, each each part, each person has something they like to do the, the most. Like I'm, I'm doing a lot of electrical and computers. Sam's doing a lot of um, mechanical and welding. And so we we all tend to go one way towards something. And uh, it's something that you, we already know how to do, or we're getting better at, or we want to know how to do. And so I think that we already have in our minds uh, what we want to do as a profession, or maybe as like a, a major at least in a, in college. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, Chris, anything else that you want to talk to these guys about? I, I know that we're catching them during a build day, so we want to get them back to, we don't want to hold you guys up, uh, behind anything. Anything else, Chris, or? Yeah, two more questions. Uh, okay. whichever one of you want to jump in on this, um, what has been the most enjoyable aspect of this whole process so far? Uh, in a couple places, a couple times, you know, we've kind of really gotten down to the wire and, and it, it kind of comes up to those moments where it's like, if, if it fails right now, it, the project is over, <laughs> or we, you know, we have to spend a month kind of fixing the problem. And you know, we've had maybe five or six of those moments, and every time the outcome has been to our advantage. And we are just really, really grateful uh, that that's happened because, you know, we've we've been building stuff for a while, and you know, we've been accustomed to things only working the fourth or fifth time. So you know, when stuff works the first time, like you know, four or five times in a row, it's it kind of feels like a miracle almost. So we've just been really happy so far. Yeah. And my last question, this may be looking a little bit too far down the road, but after you complete 
the Viper, how do you top this at a future maker fair? <laughs> <laughs> well, what we actually had one suggestion where someone wanted to mount paintball guns on the front of it. Someone also suggested we add fire in, in the, going along with the rest of our projects. We're not quite sure yet. We've been taking it year by year, and uh, hopefully we'll come up with something better next year. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, I know you guys, um, you have a, you said you have a Kickstarter page and I know that there's also some information on there about the project. And I guess, uh, you guys are also taking donations for certain things because of some of the costs yep. too. At first we tried to kind of reach out to corporate sponsors like, uh, Google and Autodesk and, you know, some of the other companies who had, we had been, you know, buying parts from regularly, uh, in order to, you know, fulfill our, our donation needs, um, but that didn't really go so well. So somebody had the idea to to put up a Kickstarter page, and uh, we we hadn't really done that before. Uh, so we thought we'd just give it a shot. And you know, it uh, just a couple days ago we were uh, featured as the project of the day on the Kickstarter homepage. So I mean, it's it's really worked out very well so far. Yeah. You want to do, do you want to give us the information for that? Because um, you know, maybe uh, some of our listeners might want to pitch in or something like that so uh yeah um well we've got uh our private website which is um the dash viper.org um i think like a the hyphen viper viper um and uh that has a link to the kickstarter page or if you just google um battlestar galactica flight simulator uh you'll get links that will direct you direct you to the uh kickstarter page also or even kickstarter and then go to kickstarter and search the viper you'll we'll come up as the first one yeah i'm looking and i see that um you guys have uh surpassed your goal but at the time of this recording there's still 17 days to 17 days to go so you know any of our listeners we encourage them if they want to help out with this they can certainly uh still contribute before that deadline and uh Good to see that you guys have gotten some some attention on this, been able to uh, to meet those fundraising goals. Yeah. yeah well, actually, we set our goal pretty low because I said that we were we were this is Kickstarter is pretty new to us, so we were just trying to set our goals low and just get whatever money we. Could. But uh, actually, our our actual goal is about ten thousand dollars because uh, we got about six and a half from corporate sponsors, and the total cost is about seventeen. So we're hoping to get make up the other ten right there from Kickstarter. So. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if you everyone could donate. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, no problem. But um, yeah, we just want to say uh, we we hope you uh, do well in the fair, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with us. And um, good luck. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I was shooting. Yeah, I, was, I did a lot of shooting. I mean, but I, I, I ain't saying I shot you in the ass. I mean, I, I ain't saying I didn't shoot you. But come damn! Somebody shot you in the ass. Tell me about it. Yeah! 
Hey guys, I am Sean Ryan, also known as the Grey Ghost. And I am Kevin Gray, also known as The Business and the LLC. And we are Method to Madness, a weekly podcast that cusses and discusses anime and video games. Yes. And other otaku subjects. That That is what we are here for. We are here to rip them up and sometimes build them up. The shows that we love, the shows that we hate, the shows that we watch so that you wouldn't have to. Go to thegreyghost.net or go check us out on iTunes. With whiskey. <laughs> this is so stupid, but also. That's why this is going to be great. In a world um, where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh, wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. End of discussion! Debate is over. You will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology! You will kowtow, you will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can Get take me... Get used to it! It's the way of the world! If you're so hot on discipline, then Gun. damn it, start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head uh. in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? Welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. We're going to be winding down the show with your mailbag questions. You can send us voicemail to 305-792-8324 or 305-SWATFAG. <laughs> you can also send us a regular post on the MechaTalk forums there, the Gundam mailbag thread. So... First, we have a voicemail from Arbiter. Hey, Gundam Trio, this is Arbiter Gundam once again. And fortunately for you, I'm not going to move a flock out of this call like I did in my last call for Chaos Theater, letting you off a little light this time. Just have a few questions. Uh, first of all, I have this little theory I've been thinking about since uh, Unicorn Episode 4 premiered. And I thought I'd share it with you guys, see what you think because I'm really no expert on this subject and I'm willing to bet that probably Chris knows more about this than I do. And this theory involves why Xeon gets so many fanboys, at least the Japanese fanboys. I think this applies more towards them than the other 
Xeon apologists and fanboys, because I think with them it's more a case of uh, we like to be Grand Theft Auto bad guys. But in the case of the native fanboys, I think it might it might be that they find an analog of World War II era Imperial Japan in Xeon. So. I don't know. What do you think about that?、Uh, second of all, about Gundam: The Origin, I have no idea what's going on with this. Do you? Because as far as I know, we haven't really heard a peep out of them really concerning what's going on with Origin. I honestly think that they made the announcement as early as they did as possibly a way to deflect backlash from the announcement of Age. And、uh, third question, because I just can't stop beating this dead horse. I've been hearing a lot of rumors. About what they plan to do for the Macross 30th anniversary.、Uh, what have you heard, and what do you think they're actually going to do? And last of all, if you were in command of a Valkyrie squadron, what would you call it? And possibly, what kinds of Valkyries would you go, would you use? Why do I have this little voice in my head that tells me that? Chris is gonna pick a VF-19 squadron. Okay, Xeon fanboys in Japan. I I don't know. It probably is some kind of nationalism because there are many、um, sort of imperialists there, very right wing guys, young and old, who still support what Japan did and deny any of the atrocities that Japan committed in World War II. So maybe they see Zeon as、um, you know the the righteous force fighting against the. You know the imperialist federation, which I guess would be comparable comparable to the United States. So maybe that's it. I don't know. At the very least, though, I was very surprised to see that、uh, MAHQ has its own extreme Zeon fanboy who, as it turns out, supports many Nazi policies. So it takes all types from all around the world. Go figure. <laughs> And I'm not kidding. This guy straight up supports Nazi policies. Wow! It is literally the most extreme Zeon fanboy I've ever encountered, and nothing could possibly top this guy because he goes he he went full retard. He went full. He went full Zeon. He went full Zeon. Full Zeon. Never go full Zeon. He even went beyond full Zeon to partial Nazi. Wow! You never go full Shar and you never go full Zeon. Come on now. You just don't. That's that's, damn, damn. This is so. This there you、horrible. go. I I don't know in this guy's case if the Nazism preceded the Zionism or if the Zionism fed into the Nazism or if the Nazism attracted him to Zionism. Who knows? <laughs> Either way, we are where we are. So、mm. next question.、Um, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, the origin.、Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the fact that they said it very quickly and there's not been a word about it, it's almost like if they wanted to deflect all of the hate in Japan about age, and maybe hope that over time people would forget about announcing the origin. Because、mm-hmm. you'd think we'd hear something more about it.、Yeah. This is almost getting to be to seed movie levels that they mentioned this months and months and months ago, and there ain't been a peep about it since then. That's it. I was just about to say, it's like, yeah, the seed movie、uh, was promised, well, announced so many years ago, and nothing came of it. That th- then again, they are working on an OVA series right now in in the, in the form of Origin. So、uh, not Origin, but Unicorn. So maybe we'll see something towards the end of the run of that、um, OVA series. But I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'll, I'll always be ready to crush. Of the will of the hopers and dreamers. <laughs> <laughs> He's always standing by. <laughs>
with my my hammer of truth. No doubt. <laughs> the hammer is my penis. Oh, horrible. <laughs> That's a picture I don't want to see. No, you don't. Nor do I. Anyway, uh, Macross 30th anniversary. You're hearing rumors and. You know, that's what they are. They're BS rumors because you all know how it is when it comes to anime. You mm-hmm. never hear anything about it until a few months before it premieres, usually. So rumors are exactly that. They're made up, usually made up by Westerners. The only time that we ever hear solid information about something early is somebody discovers some URL that's been registered, as has been yeah. the case with various Gundam shows, or we get an early leak of new type or some other magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only way we find out about this stuff because all of these so-called rumors never turn out being true. Like, for example, uh, the disgruntled Level 5 employee who revealed that um, you know the UE in age were uh, robots from the future sent to the past to beef up humanity's technology to fight against aliens in the future. Right. <laughs> well, I think we've seen that that's not the case at all. Mm, sure. Well, you never know, but uh, chances are. <laughs> yeah. So, finally, if if I had a VF squadron, I would call it Trollbusters. <laughs> Trollbusters, huh? Trollbusters. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. And and it, and our our squadron logo would be troll face um, with a skull and crossbones. I, th- I thought it'd be the Hope Killers. No, that's actually that, my my squadron is actually the Dream Breakers. The Dream Breakers, <laughs> and um, yeah, ours is um, our our logo is a field with fluffy clouds and a and a, and a uh, fighter strafing them, blowing them up. So, and I'd have the uh, Captain Max Stern Vogels. Sweet, uh, my squadron would probably be called the uh, the Dixie Cup Ensemble because we'll be disposable. No, your 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 skull will be called the the real rocks. The real rock. Fodder squadger. Oh no! Fodder squadger. The fodder squadger. So maybe the the, the King Arthur's. Yeah. (laughs) King Arthur and the pizza slices. Delivery and actually, boys, and and, you, and you're given old decommissioned jets. Oh my gosh! You're not you, don't even, given... you don't even get Valkyries. You get F-14s. Yeah, you get the F-14 that Shin had at the beginning of Zero. <laughs> Sweet, that, that's that's so awesome. The old antiquated, the old antiquated uh, uh, Valkyries. And your and your motto is first to fight, first to die. <laughs> front line, man. The front and line if, every time. And if I wanted Macross 30th anniversary, it only comes down to one thing. Dennis, an OVA about Dennis in the field as a as a you know as a young journalist, idealistic journalist who learns about culture, becomes <laughs> very jaded and, and, and very, the dark road to boozing. Yeah, sort of a a Macross version of Demon in a Glass Bottle. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Powerful <laughs> stuff, man. Powerful stuff. I'll endorse yes. that. Yes. Excellent. All right. Moving on to the regular mailbag. We have some questions from Gundam 420. 420, huh? Oh, man. I'll see what you did there. I know what his pastime is. <laughs> hey, guys. Big fan. First time writing here. I know you said you wouldn't talk about Blank again, but you had no choice but to bring it up in the last episode. Just wondering if you're willing to answer. What do you have to say about people who proclaim that Kira stealing the show from Shin made the show better? 
I'm sorry, but it really gets on my nerves when people keep saying this, not knowing how fundamentally idiotic it is on a storytelling level. Refer to episode 98. <laughs> exactly. We definitely, we definitely uh, go into that there. And I didn't realize that we can't Reeves as a fan now. Also, an unrelated question. <laughs> I'm not sure if this question has been asked before, but what most do you see yourself piloting the most? Oh, God. It has been asked before, and we don't answer those types of questions because, <laughs> yeah. frankly, they're annoying. The turn A. There you go. Turn A wins the match. <laughs> Moonlight Butterfly. Moonlight Butterfly wins the ball. Yeah. Number three. If you could see any of your favorite non-animated mobile suits get animated, it doesn't have to be in the series OVA movie, Expert Warned in Appearance. You just want to see an animated period. What would it be? For me, it would be the Delta Gundam. New Gundam double fin funnel type. The one with 12 funnels like in Gundam Battle Universe. And any of the crossbone Gundams. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, for me, for me, I have to agree with the Delta Gundam. I, I'd love to see that animated. Well, it's in awesome. the Unicorn PS3 game, so that's close enough. Oh, oh all right. Maybe we'll oh. see it in one of the Unicorn OVAs too. We never Crossbone. know. Maybe. It's always Crossbone, Crossbone, man. Cross all day, huh? Yeah, of course, because it's the best. <laughs> Gundam Sentinel. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I would like to see uh, the the Blue Destiny get animated. Oh, see that thing raping and pillaging everything. No doubt. (laughs) Along with the the original Ifri Danat, as some people have described it, the the Narutard custom that shows up in Unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) So he also says, "P.S. Solbro, I have that same new type issue that you showed on the thread for episode ninety three. Anyways, keep up the good work. You're awesome. (laughs) Hell yeah, man! He's got access to the truth. There you go." The, if anything, clutch that tightly, man. Hold that, hold that tightly. Next, we have Bertman Four, who says, "Question: Why does Mulaflaga have so many questions? Thanks, <laughs> and keep up the good work." Um, I think you need to, <laughs> I think you need to PM Mulaflaga. <laughs> but, but speaking for him, when you're in prison, you have a lot of time on your hands, and you have a lot of time to think. So, no man, well, that's reason, why he is. The reason yeah. why he has so many questions is because he doesn't know how to use Google. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe they don't have Google in in the prison cells there in Australia. Yeah, probably blocked. I, I, I love I love his tenacity, but sometimes some of those questions, five seconds on Google, done. <laughs> well, he he committed the sin of responding in this thread, mm-hmm. which you don't do. And he says probably a question to ask me more than Chris. Chances are I've got some kind of question on my mind eighty five percent of the time. Eighty five percent. Come on, don't sell yourself short. Yeah, come on. You know it's a hundred percent. Go for the full. <laughs> you keep on keeping on. Yeah, exactly. Okay, next we have Yokozuna Bulldozer who says two questions. Number one, you guys had the power to bring back just one mecha franchise from Sunrise at your own will that has not been active for a while. Which one would it be? I personally want the Brave series to make a comeback. Soul Bro. Man, I, I have one that, uh, that I can definitely say. I'd love to see Escaflone come back one way or another. Um, I just, I just would like to see how that story would continue, or maybe it'd be a, just a, a completely different new story or whatever. Um, an animated series from Sunrise. This is just a honorable mention, which is not a mecha series, at least not a hundred percent. Is Outlaw Star? I would like to see that come back in some way, shape, or form as well, and that's from Sunrise also. But it came back on Toonami yesterday. I sure did, man. That's uh, all you're getting. The Toonami run back, man. It was, it was good to see those shows. But yeah, uh, if, I've, if those are those are my picks. Neil? Um, probably Bison Well. Maybe some of the other stories in Bison Well. Not the awful ones. <laughs> not, the, not the toilet ones, but you know, maybe something 
something else, um, you know, better. But um, I don't know. Is it possible to have a, a good done by OVA because all the evidence otherwise? <laughs> yeah, it, it, no. it does. Yeah, it does point to uh, to fail. Um, possibly that, or uh, <laughs> we could always see uh, have have a retelling of a day on to see how we can kill young children at the end of the show again. How how <laughs> how, how much more massacre can happen? Re- rebuild of a day on. Rebuild the oh. <laughs> oh, I see what I did there. Oh. <laughs> you sure you want that? Oh, yeah. Introduce a whole bunch of characters that never were in there before. That just there to you know for fan service. Awesome. A, a day on unit six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, uh. I'm sure my answer predictable. SPT Lasner. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. This one is for Sobro. Ooh. Do you remember the game robot fighting game Tech Romancer? If you do, which character would you like to see in its own TV show or OVA? I do. I, I love that game. I thought it was awesome. For those who don't know, that game was, um, of course, developed by, um, quote unquote, my favorite uh, developer, Capcom, um, under the direction of Shoji Kawamori. And um, in it, every character kind of represented their own TV show. Um, the, the, the number one of the characters I would have loved to seen, um, have their own show is probably Heavy Armor Tank Wise Duck, which is pretty much equivalent to Dugram. It's a big send up to Dugram, and, um, it also has a little bit of Gundam 00, uh, 0080 in there. With, uh, the main character is kind of like Bernie. And in one timeline that you go through, he gets killed by his own command. He gets shot and killed because he, he's, he's running from the fight. And, um, in another timeline, his whole team dies and he's the survivor of his team and they flash forward to the to the future where he's an old man looking at the hulk of uh of the the mobile suit they used to pilot so it was an interesting uh interesting story there for him um the other one is a a macross uh a macross spoof which was uh variant armor i'm sorry uh strategic variable fighter rafaga and uh, the the main guy looked a lot like uh charlie from street fighter but uh his his mobile suit that he piloted was a pretty much a a Valkyrie that transformed, and it was the character I played the most in the game. Um, as, than, as opposed to a Valkyrie that doesn't transform. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, uh, Jin Saltome from Cyberbots also makes a special appearance in the game, and if they were to make an a anime series based on him, that would be outstanding. So uh, those are my picks. All right, next we have K173, who says, A common sci-fi film trope to indicate the near future, the black American present has been a popular one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> However, this, of course, won't be used much now for obvious reasons. <laughs> However, I think we may have found a successor with the idiotic female president. The upcoming film Iron Sky, which is about space Nazis invading Earth, oh, no. features a suspiciously Sarah Palin-esque woman in the Oval Office ready to fight back. What do you guys think? Because I think this is going to be seen again in future films until it hopefully not becomes reality. <laughs> well, I don't know about idiotic female president, but I'm I'm going to lay it down. Asian president. Asian president. That's because a- the thing is, a female president is closer to reality. I mean, yeah. Hillary Clinton almost captured Democratic nomination in 2008. She she mm-hmm. could have made it. So I think within the next four years, it's certainly possible. I mean, we've had Republican women run for president. So I think it's possible within the next four to eight years that we could see a female president. So I'm going to jump that to the future, the near future, and say Asian president. Well, I'd, I'd have to say Hispanic president. 
Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna trump you both. They're man. both they're both equally unlikely now, right now. So they they could both be near future. What are you gonna say, Soul Bro? I'm gonna trump you both, man. Native American president, I win. I win. no, I'm I'm gonna out trump <laughs> your Trump. Go ahead, Muslim president. Because <laughs> that ain't gonna happen any freaking time soon. I'm gonna stand back from that. <laughs> I got I got one. Eskimo president. Oh man, I don't no, think that's no, just. I don't think that outdoes Muslim presidents. <laughs> no, we just no, get well, ridiculous. There's many, but there's more Muslims than there are Eskimos, though. <laughs> so I, it's, it ends up being a numbers game sometimes. Hey, I, 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 I think I got a winner, man. Schwarzenegger president. Oh. Well, like Tim Bush, man. Never. Never. All right. Next, we have some questions from JA38, who says uh, he's a first-time poster. Oh, nice. And... Number one, do you think Earth has the best culture? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The moon beats us in every way. Uh-huh. Especially those moonanites. Yeah. Indeed. Number two, Chris, have you ever considered having, having a company spokesman for MHQ? <laughs> I can think of one mech off the top of my head who would be perfect as he already has experience in this field. Think about it. You could do the news post on MHQ's front page in his voice if you can think of how that mech would talk. I don't want that guy at all. No. Come what on, man. That? Because he, he's, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't want that. I don't want that guy. Because he'll press the do not press button. Well, what about what about MD Geist, man? He was he's already got experience as a company spokesmecha for uh, an anime company. Come on, That's man! That's who he, the hell I'm talking about. But he needs to work, man. <laughs> he can he can get a job somewhere else. You go check out what monster.com. What, what about um? What about turn a Moon Knight butterfly? Oh, wins all. It, maybe uh, it, it needs a job since it won't be here pimping uh, that American. DVD <laughs> <release>. <laughs> that anime man. legends release. <laughs> He may accidentally shut down the website with his powers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That probably wouldn't be a good thing. Oh, man. Question number three. Soul Bro. Oh, no. I have never heard what a fighting game slash Capcom fan thinks of the original Street Fighter. So what are your thoughts on it? Oh, God. It's wait, rougher. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Okay. While I'm at it, have you ever played Street Fighter 2010, The Final Fight. The game has nothing to do with either Street Fighter or Final Fight, but was made by Capcom. I have only played a little bit of it, and while it is ridiculously hard, I found it enjoyable. For those who are curious, the angry video game nerd has a review of it, so have at it. Which I've seen, and it was pretty hilarious. But um, uh, the original Street Fighter, uh, it was a novelty for its day. Uh, It it, sucks. It's real hard to play, and the inputs are so tough. Yeah, um, you can see where the what, what they were trying, but it, it's hard. It sucks. Uh, it, it's, is what you mean? can't say it. I know you can't, you can't say, say it. it. And compared like, to Street Fighter Two, yes, it sucks. <laughs> oh my God, you just made Seth Killian cry. I know, I know. Uh, as for 2010, the final Street Fighter 2010, the final fight with uh, where you supposed supposedly play Ken, uh, who became a scientist. <laughs> In cybernetics, dude, that, that game is it, it's it's a it's a tough ass platformer, but they just took a platformer and threw the Street Fighter name on it. It's 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 a hard game. I beat it once in my life, and it damn near gave me an aneurysm when I was like twelve. No, no, don't don't, don't remind me of that game. It's so hard. 
But uh, I just got to add, uh, if you guys have any Street Fighter related questions or fighting game related questions, um, you can definitely um, ask them over at fightersready.net. We just re- recently relaunched the uh, the the podcast, the fighting game podcast that Nick, the Stampede, and I do. It's now called Fighters Ready, and if you go to fightersready.net, there's a there's a section for it there that you guys can post questions. Well, that funny way. you should you should say that because that segues perfectly into the next questions. Oh boy, <laughs> we come from Shinigam New Type, who apparently is under the impression that Gundam only consists of one person. Oh Jesus. <laughs> He says, these ones are just for Solbro. Oh, my God. Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> Number one, can we expect any more episodes of the Shinjuku Fight Club anytime soon? No, but you can find more episodes of, uh, of uh, Fighters Ready, which is the relaunch of that show, at fightersready.net. Go check it out. All right. Number two, I've recently been playing Street Fighter 3 Online Edition. I'm not a huge Street Fighter fan. I only really play the games containing Sakura, as she's the only character I can use efficiently. Anyway, playing SF3, without going into too much detail, I noticed that the game both plays... Hey, Chris, can I take off for the rest of the day? (laughs) Sure, why not? (laughs) And it feels very different to many of the other SF games. I'm sure you know what I mean, Solbro. Not to mention replacing many of the well-established characters of the series. My question to you, upon the game's initial release... How well was SF3 received both among hardcore SF fans and general gaming audiences as a whole? Thanks and keep up the excellent work. A small addition to my previous question. What's the difference between SF3 and Third Strike? Okay. I'm gonna I don't want to be here for a freaking hour on this answer, so make it fast. God, or maybe you, should do it, maybe you should do a mid-season, mid-season cliffhanger and say, go to uh, Fighters Ready for the answer. Let me, uh, let me do him a solid answer question real quick. Street Fighter 3 was not very well received. It really wasn't. Um, it was too much of a departure from the uh, original, uh, from Street Fighter 2, and everybody wanted more of that in Street Fighter 3. As for the difference between that and Third Strike, um, Third Strike is a much better game. It's more, far more balanced, even though there are some standout characters, but uh, they really fixed a lot of problems that were with uh, Street Fighter 3 and uh, Second Impact, which is the game that comes between them both. Um, I love Street Fighter 3. I think it's a great game. Um, it is definitely for more of the hardcore set, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a great game. I, I, you might be put off with it, especially if you like playing Sakura or you're used to the Alpha series or the Street Fighter 4 series, but I, I consider it one of the classics. All right. He also wanted to know what's the difference between 3 and 3rd Strike. 3 and 3rd Strike, the difference... Um, more characters, uh, better abilities to parry, and uh, just a well-balanced game in comparison to Street Fighter 3. It's, uh, that's the difference. If you look at it this way, Street Fighter 3 is the first, the second impact is the second, and third strike is the, the final edition of that series. So the difference is that Street Fighter 3 is the older game. All right. Next, we have some questions from Proteus. It says, hello, Gundam crew. This is a question to both Chris and Neo. Since DK has grown up, wait, wait, gotten wait, married. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Chris. To who? To <laughs> Chris and Neo. All right, I didn't know we were still on the show. No, I, I, I thought not, but apparently we still are. Woo! Jesus. <laughs> okay, so, is, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just. No, I, I thought you clocked out already. Yeah, yeah, I almost did. I was, I was about to shut down the computer. So. There you go, man. This buzz for you, Neo. <laughs> All right. He says. Since DK has grown up, gotten married, and had a child, does he still qualify as a Soul Bros man, or has he graduated from Soul Bros School of Excellence? If so, will we be nominating a new Soul Bros man for each generation in Gundam Rage? Well, uh, yes, he graduated. He moved on because he became awesome, so he's no longer a Soul Bros man. Uh, we, are, we have two, two Soul Bros men for this generation. Yeah. Uh, in the school days, it's uh, Shawi. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, the cowardly coward. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Flitz bastard child? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wait, which one? Okay, Shaoi and Masil. Which one was which? The green-haired uh, kid. I forget. Masil was the 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 green-haired kid. Okay, so he's the Soul Bros man. There yeah. You go. And now, uh, in the military days, it's it's Max. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. With with the yeah. countdown with the countdown going before he's uh, freaking space food. <laughs> says, P.S. I'm leaving Solbro out from answering this question because contrary to popular beliefs, Solbro's men are not to be decided by Solbro himself. Boo. <laughs> Edit. Since the question has been answered several episodes ago, here are some new ones. Well, I, I always enjoy answering that question, so awesome. it doesn't, doesn't matter. Since Saji is King Arthur and DK is Gawain, who does Max represent in the Knights of the Round Table? I would say uh, Sir Sucks a lot. Yeah. Because he can't he can't pilot to to kill a flea if he had to. Oh, yeah. he got himself some recently. He but almost then he got blown up again. Hey, well, <laughs> dude, he's the trying. Count- useless. The, he's useless. The countdown has has begun on that kid. The countdown to death, and <laughs> it, it's ticking. And the thing is, is yeah, Solbro doesn't pick his men anymore because he initiated Solbro's man with the most horrendous and pathetic display of hoping that some character is going to do something which actually never did anything it was just a hope- hopeless failure throughout the whole show so yeah all right all right guys <laughs> next this next question uh neo please please contain yourself brace yourself okay. if if sir bay were to approach you guys and offer you to join him in the production of transformers 4 mm-hmm. you can choose to join in whichever team that you desire, casting, writing, CG, etc., plus he'll make you the head of that said team, thus giving you full power in whatever that you choose. Which team would you join? For Neo, I know that you will choose the explosion department, but let's just say that it's exclusively <laughs> for survey only. Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Well, the thing is, yeah, I mean, that you would think that that would be my first choice, but um no because uh you'd have to i i can't i can't he he's the master and i'd only be the apprentice so i i would learn a lot mm-hmm. but um I, I i would like to do the marketing oh. to be honest with you because i'd like to really stick it to people and i would love to go to conventions and uh, really uh mess with the nerds and all the bitches that cry about all this stuff and you know <laughs> sit there and say that Sir Bay has ruined their childhood where you're a grown ass man now. You you already had your childhood, so I don't know how the remaking of a stupid movie from your childhood is destroying it because if that's the point, what destroyed your, your childhood is the fact that your parents didn't love you and they ignored you. <laughs> Damn. Damn. So don't blame this man. And Good. this brings me this brings me on to a, a discussion that I had with uh um, uh, Master Bill Whipton the mm-hmm. other day because we were talking about this whole controversy with the teenage alien t- Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. and we, we've already w- we've made the observation that if um, the the nerd overlord or the director that could do no wrong, you know Peter Boring Jackson, if he would have done if he would have made this change. <laughs> There would be nothing about it. All the all the nerds would be like, "Oh, this, this might work." But I don't think, dude. When when Lord of the Rings was coming they just, out, they just don't got, like he it. He got shat on so much because of stuff I, like freaking Tom I'm, Bombadil I'm, and the songs. I'm not, de- I'm not dealing not in the, the past. I'm dealing. I'm dealing in the future. He, he got a lot of shit for those things, and I'm sure he's going to get shit for The Hobbit too. So he's not. He's not. He doesn't have any sort of nerd immunity. Nah, he's. And the other thing is, is Michael Bay's just producing it. So just shut up. And, and okay. if you don't, if you don't want to watch it, don't. 
it, we're still in a free country. You don't have to watch it. But every one of you idiots will be sitting there putting your freaking 1550 to do the IMAX. So in the end, Sir Bay wins. Okay, so I, I would choose to become the head of the Metal Chunks Department. Oh, that's a good I would. I would fire everyone in that department and then rename it Mechanical Design <laughs> and bring in some actual designers so that the Transformers, particularly Decepticons, don't just look like walking hunks of metal slapped together <laughs> that are completely indistinguishable from each other. And, and, a, and a whole bunch of gears when they transform. <laughs> yes, like a zillion gears too many. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of gears. <laughs> Somebody call Okawara. <laughs> no, he could say, I would go with uh, the guys doing the designs on Transformers Prime. Because oh. Transformers Prime, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, it sort of is a blending between Transformers Animated, the prior cartoon, Mm-hmm. And the Bay style movies, right? But they look good. Yeah, they you look do. At, you look at the Megatron of Prime, and he looks awesome. You know, he looks fearsome. He doesn't have a vagina face. Ooh, <laughs> Jesus! Optimus Prime looks great mm-hmm. in uh, in the show. A lot of the other bots they've had look great. So I would go more towards that style, and not yeah. just the hunks of metal. <laughs> chunks of metal, metal <laughs> chunks department. Yes. So, Silbro, how about yourself? Me, um, easily the writing department. Um, if if the movie's writing sucks, that movie sucks for the most part. So, I'd have to, I'd have to oversee that, man. I'd get some competent writers in there. We just come up with a kickass, a kickass script, man. Because without it, the rest of the movie is who, just who would you booty. Bring? Who would huh? you and, then, bring? and then, sadly, the writing department would be destroyed in an ill-fated explosion because it was directly <laughs> next to the explosions department. Yes. <laughs> and someone set off the uh, the pyrotechnics the wrong way, aka nice. Neo. That, 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 that chances are that would happen. But um, before before our imminent demise, I'd have in there with me uh, J. Michael Straczynski easily. Um, uh, I'd try to get uh, Paul Dini, man. If I could if I could wrestle him in there, man, get him in there, dude, and 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 just get some. No, and and if I if I could, I'd try to dig up Stan Berkowitz. That's my boy right there. For anybody who's watched Batman the animated series or any of the older, uh, any of the other series produced by um, Bruce Timm or uh, Paul Dini, that was one of their best writers, and uh, I would try to get him in there too. So yeah, that would be my my ensemble right there. And, and of course, we'd have to have uh, them look like their Generation One vehicle modes, right? Because all those cars, they're all on the road now. Half of them are what <laughs> classics. <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely all there right we next we have our friend xavier the suspicious red lamp he says gundam crew this is a hard question what's the best looking underwater mobile suit in all of gundam <laughs> just to say i found most of them disgusting especially the gog but my favorite is the high gog from the initial Zeon attack in war in the pocket mm-hmm. it's not only the best looking underwater suit i think it's also a very good looking ms period I would probably go. Yeah, Hygog is 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 a nice uh, redesign of a hideous mobile suit. Um, mm-hmm. <coughs> the Zagok E from Double Eighty is also pretty good. Well, that that's the thing about Double Eighty is most of the suits in there look pretty good. You know, they're all kind of updated and uh, a little bit different uh, take than of, of the classic suits. So, you know, even though it was about boy shorts and weirdness. <laughs> 
Wasn't there an underwater suit that was actually featured in the Igloo series? Like the one that's that's, it was just a just a regular. Uh, it was a Zagok with like a rocket strapped to it. That's, yeah, uh, that's the one. And the one that was the, with the uh, fishing guy or whatever. The guy yeah, who lets you dive, uh, the skydive into the atmosphere. Um, yeah, uh, that, that go, one was, go Zeon. Go Zeon. <laughs> no wonder you lost. <laughs> Sky, a skydiving marine mobile suit. Great idea. Oh man, <laughs> who, who thought that would be a good thing to have? I mean, I, I got to say the high gog is my first pick, but um, <laughs> I, I kind of like that one from uh, from from Igloo too. Although it was a little gaudy looking. Um, that's those are mine. The bearded dork one and Seed wasn't too piteous. <laughs> um, Dude, the, both those those suits were both hideous. Eh, they weren't too bad, but have you seen them recently? No, maybe that's why. That's why. Uh, if you looked them up on MHQ, you you wouldn't be thinking that. Sharzagok. There we go. Mm-hmm. There we All go. Right. That's it. There. So next, usually water suits suck. So next we have some questions from the goose. Number one: Are there any changes that George Lucas has made to the original Star Wars movies that you like? Okay, I'll say three things. Mm-hmm. One. Removing all of the uh, the mat lines from uh, <laughs> the special effects scenes. That, okay. that is an improvement. Absolutely. Two, in Empire Strikes Back, adding the cityscapes of yeah. Cloud City in oh, the yeah. windows. Because before, they just used to be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, like, you didn't really get an indication of how much of a city was actually out there. Because you just had these empty windows. Yeah. So that certainly helped that. And then uh, number three, at the end of Return of the Jedi, before he added Hayden Christensen, showing some of the uh, like the celebration on other planets like Tatooine yeah. and Coruscant, instead yeah. of giving you sort of a, a sort of a broader perspective on you know the celebration on the down the downfall of the Empire. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would say. I, I actually liked. Yeah, I'd probably have to go with that, and and also um, putting. Uh, what is it? The Empire Strikes Back, where they had the weird face of the Emperor in like the original one, and they kind of put the placed the, it with the the, the, the current current guy. Yeah. yeah, that that was okay, but but then they also added like some stupid dialogue dubbing that spoils yeah. Vance that Vader is Luke's father. Oh yeah, yeah. which is uh, uh so stupid. <laughs> but that's George Lucas. He can't he can't fix something without at the same time screwing up something else. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to agree with the choices you guys made, and the overall HD-ifying of, uh, of 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 Star Wars, I think, is great. But um, other than what you pointed out, I can't think of much else. Okay, number two, Solbro Neo. Have either of you played any of the RPG games from the Mass Effect series? If you have, what are your opinions on them? What were some of the choices you made while playing the games? Were you a Paragon or a Renegade? Who'd you romance? Did you give Tally a hug? And if you didn't give her one, why are you so cold-hearted? Huh? What the hell? Oh, my God. <laughs> Chaos Theater is freaking flooded with Mass Effect questions since Pedro is, is such a, a nut for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And now we got it here too. Can I hey. never escape Mass Effect questions for Christ's sakes? No. <laughs> well, 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 to answer the question, I've never played it, but yet I'll have an opinion on it. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I will. I use the uh, the internet as my inspiration. The first two are genius, and the third one's awful. They need to change the ending. The end. There you go. <laughs> now you sound like someone who has. <laughs> I sound like I sound like every video game reviewer. In the world, Ooh, yes, you man. do. I, I, you know, I haven't. Um, I don't play RPGs anymore because I just got too much going on, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's very difficult. But I, I've heard good things about these um, 
these games and you know if i ever have a chance i might but yeah not at this time so don't hold your breath so bro um i played uh one third of the way through of the first game um i think it's i think it's a a, a great game series from what i've tried i played so far um i play a rock lady ship and um as for giving tali a hug i haven't i don't think i've been asked yet to give tali a hug so how surprising you start okay. playing a game and didn't finish it hey man lots of lot and of it's the, not capcom related that's the same old story <laughs> <laughs> Number three, if you were a character in a Gundam show, which one of you would wear a Char mask? Not me. <laughs> I don't know if a Char mask. I'd wear Harry Ord glasses, though. There you go. That's the top. I'll, I'll, I'll do you both. What's that? Mm. I'll wear a full body mask. Mm. <laughs> full body mask. Full body mask. How, how well could you move in something like that, though? Hmm? I have no idea. I'll leave it to someone to figure that out. I'm just the idea man. I don't do the logistics. And, and, and it's uh, and, and it's a full body iron mask, right? Sure. Good luck with that. <laughs> so someone that's not to assassinate you. You've got it covered. No. And his last question: What are some of your favorite moments while doing Gundam and MHQ? Just to be difficult, Neo slash Chris. You can't say any moment involving Solbro, any of his men, Capcom, etc. Well, that ruins all of the friggin' fun. So finally, finally, restrictions for you two. <laughs> I'll say my favorite moments are any of the episodes that I was in. There you yeah. go. That's, that's, that's awesome. Anytime, or, especially any time where I was talking. That's my favorite. Man. <laughs> was time that one, I'm not talking, not, not too big of a fan of those moments. <laughs> <laughs> like when I'm asking, answering questions. <laughs> yes. Uh, not loud. Actually, not my favorite. My, all the time my, on the show. My my favorite moments in Gundam are actually the very few times that uh, during the mailbag I actually get a question that's devoted to the three of us and, and not just Solbro because oh uh, you know that's been the that's the new trend now is um, you know Solbro we're, we're only going to ask Solbro questions and of course it's always going to be fight, fighting questions. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to JA thirty eight and uh, Shinigami New Type man I, I appreciate the questions man and now they have a place to direct them so. We don't want to hear about these fighting questions anymore. There you go. There you Whatever. Go, okay, moving on. Done. Well, let me, I, I didn't even give, I didn't even get to say shit. He said <laughs> Neo Chris, not you. Oh, yeah. Well, damn. See? Oh. See? See, he, he, he thinks it's all about him because there's always going to him now. Oh, man. I thought, we, I thought, finally, I, we finally get something. And he's like, oh, I thought they, dro- man, I thought they dropped questions. I thought it was for all of us. It's just that you guys <laughs> had restrictions and I didn't. Wait, okay. wait to listen. All right. Hey, man. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Seraphic, who says, Big Cheese, are streaming services such as Netflix and Hulu a viable slash profitable medium for the Western anime industry? In short, what are some ways, in your opinion, to make the Western industry suck less hard? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm a freaking... We're Bloomberg analysts? If, <laughs> if, we knew, if we knew the answers to those questions, you think we'd be doing some stupid podcast? Oh, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of issues and stuff like that. So um, yeah, that, That's a huge question. And... Um, there are many factors at play. The biggest fact, the biggest obstacle to profitability of anime, in my opinion, is Japan. Yeah, it's yeah. the biggest obstacle to anime being successful in America. <laughs> Once they realize that, um, which they never will, everyone else in the world's not going to just blindly spend hundreds of dollars for you know useless things, um, and you know just try to capture a little bit instead of trying to get it all. Um, it's never going to get any better. So. All right, number two, Soul Bro. Oh, boy. I've noticed that nearly all fighting games are based in a 2D plane profile view. 
What is your opinion on fighting games being in other perspectives, such as first or third person views? Is this viable for the franchise? And what differences do you see it making? Now, before you answer this question, mm-hmm. I just want to make a little, a little, little interesting observation. Okay. You notice that a lot of the questions to me and Neo are relating to the actual content of Gundam episodes, mm-hmm. yet almost all of the questions to Sobro are about completely irrelevant things that we don't even talk about on this show. <laughs> I wonder why that is. <laughs> Shocking. I wonder why that is. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I, I, uh, when it comes to there really hasn't been, um, other than Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, there really hasn't been a first or third person fighter that I can recall. So um, what are my thoughts on it? Um uh, it seems like a an interesting uh, concept. I, I'd have to see it executed before I can give uh, my actual opinion on it. But um, for the most part, even if they're 3D fighting games, they're still shot from a 2D plane view. So um, yeah, I, that's what I'm used to. So I, I, I to see the other ones, I'd have to see it executed well before I could. It didn't say um, something. didn't that EA Fight Night didn't have a like a first person mode? Yeah, I think it, it did. did. I think yeah, it, it did. did. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think that's one of the things that they were the pimping about that series. Mm-hmm. What, well, Neo, what what were your thoughts on that then? What the, the the did you ever get to try it out or play the demo? I, play, that? I, I played Fight Night, mm-hmm. but I mean it's it's a whole different thing. I mean that's actual technical boxing, yeah, as opposed to throwing Hadoukens, Hadoukens and Shurukens and stuff. Yeah, checking that plasma. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in that context, I think it works, but mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know in something like Street Fighter. I mean, who knows? Who knows? You'd probably right. have an outcry by the fans anyways. They'd probably fucking, whoops, sorry, uh, probably uh, go a little crazy and, you know, all of a sudden these people are destroying their childhood. <laughs> Knowing the community, I'm, I'm sure it would be an uproar. Yeah, they're, probably, they're, 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 such a, they're such a grounded uh, uh, community, aren't they? Really, <laughs> really based in reality. Especially when it comes to women. Woo! Yes. And Man. gender equality. That's a whole other ball of wax. Anyway. <laughs> Number three. Would you guys consider doing a review of Vanquish? It has many mecha anime tropes I'm sure you would enjoy. Disco robots. Ooh. Okay, I can answer this. I don't know if you guys have played it, but I've played it. I played the demo. It sucks. Um, it's really stupidly cheap. It's repetitive. I don't know how many times you got to sit there and fight the same stupid bosses, and it gets pretty old pretty quick. And um, yeah, I know well, a lot of people. There's love a review it. right there, Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people love it, but I sat there and it's just it's pretty stupid. So you know, maybe it can be better in Vanquish too, but I think there's more hype than actual substance to that game. The controls were a little weird. They did, they weren't they weren't as they weren't as tight as they should have been. So, all right. Go. Number four. What do you think of sidekick pets in games and anime? Any highlights or lowlights? Sidekick pets, huh? Uh, I, oh, when I used to play Fantasy Star Online back in the day on the Dreamcast, um, you could have a an, a pet or a, uh, a a sidekick that uh, would protect you and do all sorts of cool stuff for you, like heal you. I thought that was really a really neat addition. Um, there's always, of course, uh, the the staple, which is uh, there's Yoshi from uh, what's it uh. Uh, from from Mar- from the Mario games, and you got Rush from the Mega Man games, and they're they're pretty standby as well. It took so. you a while to think about something that was not Capcom related, didn't? Hey, hey, it did, it did. And you had to follow moment. it up with freaking Rush. Yeah, Rush, man, all day. The Yoshi from uh, uh, this Mario game series. This guy, um, this plumber wears, guy, he wears blue coveralls. What's his he name? Jumps Jump? on stuff. What's his name? Jumpman? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know how well it did. 
I don't know how well received it was. It's not by Capcom, but... so I can't really think of what it's called, and I don't care. And uh, uh, indeed. Uh, uh, oh, oh, and Rush, yeah, Rush. Mm-hmm. Rush, Rush for Mega Man, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts? <laughs> Neil, uh, if they're useful, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't really think about stuff like that. I'll go with Yoshi since uh, he, yeah. he's one of the best sidekick pets and and rush is cool also the way he transforms especially mega man 6 how he transforms into a flight pack for mega man hell yes that was so awesome that's pretty cool number five what is your personal advice to the audience this week i would say always make sure to look down at the toilet seat before you sit down that's a good one uh ways before crossing traffic Mm -hmm. and and diversify your bonds wu-tang financial Good advice. Yeah, that is good advice. Indeed. Sound financial advice. Sound. <laughs> Diversify your funds, bitch. <laughs> All right. And uh, to close us out, we have some questions from EA Net Dude who says Number one, what composer who scored a UC series slash OVA slash film would you like to compose a score for an AU Gundam anime project? I would go with uh, Shigeaki Saigusa. He did the soundtracks for Zeta, Double Zeta, and Shards Counterattack. So I'd like to see how he would do in an AU series. Ditto. That's all I got to say about that. I, I'm right there with you on that one. Oh, I, I'd, I'd love to hear the uh, whatever composer did the, the brilliance of 0080. Cause, uh, you oh, know. God. <laughs> Not Especially the, with the the incredibly uplifting, stupidly cheerful songs during depressing parts. Oh, yes. God. Yeah. <laughs> the music director for that should be shot. <laughs> no, yeah. Number two, same question, vice versa. Ooh. Um, I'd probably go with uh, Kenji Kawai from Double O. I'd like to see him do a, a UC score. Say. Yeah. I would go with Yoko Kano. I would love to see her do a UC series. All right. Number three, who would win in physical combat between these weak-willed souls? Oh, okay. Kouraki, DK, Kuze Buzzkirk, or His Majesty Saji Crossroad? Okay, Folding chairs on. not included. Come on. Okay, okay. Hold, hold on, though. <laughs> what, what version of DK is this? Is this grown or, or... Oh, child DK. Oh. Hmm. Shitty pants DK. Okay, so this is... Okay, Kouraki... DK, Kuze Buzzkirk, and Saji Shitroad. Um, Saji Crossroach. Damn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Oh, and someone I, writes, someone wrote here, you forgot rivals. Vent Noir adds, you forgot rivals. <laughs> it revolts from Code Gears. Oh, man. Yeah, but we're, we're sticking with the question, though. Okay. okay um, right. I'm, just, I'm just acknowledging what he said. That's all. I have to say, just because we know the potential, and we do know that at one point, this person did eventually break out of the mode, plus they have Super Skunk Attack as a youngin. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, DK, man. Because DK, DK Super Skunk Attack is so pugent and just so awful that it would probably immediately kill... Who's a Buzzkirk? Because uh, I mean, well, he's already running out the door anyway. Yeah, he's already, yeah, no, he's he's already out the door anyways, and and <laughs> so he's and disqualified. Cor- <laughs> you go out of the and ring. A, and of course, Saji probably be the same thing. He'd probably put up a little bit of fight, but he eventually would succumb. Uh, if DK ate carrots, then it would definitely take out uh, Koa Rocky. No doubt. So yes, yeah, it's DK all the way. Because it would be included in a skunk attack. Oh <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> 
pieces of carrots would be in there, yeah. I, I, I think I'd have to go with DK as well. Oh yeah. my god. For the above reasons. <laughs> oh man, um, I, I would probably have to say DK, because no one gets dirtier than that guy. Ew. Ew. Oh, the, pit, the picture you guys painted. <laughs> no, he's the toughest one. I mean, even as a little kid, I mean, Coast sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Kuze Buzzkirk, he's freaking scared of his shadow. I mean, he's like a groundhog. Um, and then Saji, come on. Luis used to abuse him. So <laughs> what's a 14-year-old child going to do to him? Indeed. Indeed. So, but. All right. Well, that wraps up the mailbag. And... That also brings this episode to an end. So, do you gentlemen have any final announcements to make? Not uh, other than uh, the things I said earlier. The the the, the, the stuff I normally say. No, <laughs> I I like I like to. I'll I'll give my shout outs now. Um, I like to give a shout out to <laughs> you must uh, to to pretty much all well, our well, listeners. Better because he's about to close the show. <laughs> no, no doubt. Uh, I like to give a shout out to all our listeners who've been with us for the last ninety eight episodes and this ninety ninth episode and um. Uh, and uh, will be with us for the ne- uh, for the next episode as well. We've we've it's a it's a considerate milestone, and um, I'm I'm amazed we got here, but I'm glad we did. Uh, uh, other than that, also for those who've been visiting MAHQ since you know for as long as they have, whether you, you people are new or um, old timers that have been going to Mecca Talk and posting for a long time, um, it's 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 I'm just glad to see the website is around and providing a voice for everybody who enjoys Mecca anime. All right, Neo, any final words? What do you want on your tombstone? <laughs> he saw explosions. He did explosions. He was explosive. I meant All the right. pizza, not, not an apple. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Just cheese. I'm sorry. Just Let's cheese. Me I, you you, me you like four cheese? Yeah, I like four cheese. All right. I, I don't like stuff on my pizza. I don't like the. I don't like processed meats on my... <laughs> <laughs> I hate you pepperoni. Sure, you sure you don't want a little bit of that pink slime? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, dude, you just... Hey, hey, man. Hey, man. You're welcome. You just ruined pizza for me forever. And hamburgers. And hamburgers. You're welcome. Get get out of here. (laughs) Actually, we're going to do your stupid uh, link crap, all right? All right. Well, everybody, beat these websites. Head on over where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. That's the Mecca and Anime headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right. It's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear South, Pedro Cortez. And back to you, Chris. All right. Thank God that's over. So now I'm going to go and not have pizza or a burger ever again. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> stick, with that, stick with that chicken and fish. Maybe some th- pork. Th- th- thanks for destroying comfort food. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for destroying real American food that actually came from other countries. Take yeah. that, America. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring this train wreck to an end. You've been listening to episode 99 of Gundam at MHQ.
Level 5 Gundam, 17 hours. Level 4, 3 days. 5 levels. Level 3, 2 hours a night. Up to 140 parts. Level 1, Gundam, 1 hour. Near endless articulation. Level 5, 10 hours. Gundam, what's your level of commitment? At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. A proud part of the AAA Podcast Network. Congratulations. Felicitations. Congratulations. Uh, thank you all.